Every day, you make decisions that affect you and the people you care about. So do your elected officials. That's why elections are so important, because you are picking the leaders who will make choices that directly impact you and your community. Vote411.org is your tool for accurate and unbiased election information, whether you're registering to vote or learning more about your local candidates. Your vote is your megaphone. Use it to pick the leaders you trust. Get online, get the facts, and make your voice heard on Election Day. Moving forward. Jordan Hawker, good to have you back. It's nice to be back. Thanks yeah, so, um, I, I mean, first, I want I want an update from your perspective. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I did hit you up the next morning and, uh, after the results finally came out. I mean, it, it's, it was a nail-biter for everything. I mean, I, I feel like it, it felt even longer because Maui waited longer than everybody else for final <laughs> final numbers, yeah. but... Um, What's what's your takeaway from from the primaries? Well, considering that, well, first of all, generally positive, I made it through the primary. <laughs> um, as a unknown candidate, I felt good about what I was. You know, the I got nineteen percent of the vote, um, and if anything, it strengthened my resolve to you know do what I could after. Um, between then and the general. Um, so, you know, being someone with zero name recognition, garnering 19% of the vote, having campaigned pretty lightly due to what was going on in my life, I felt good about it. That I mean, I, I got to say that is pretty good. I mean, it means you made an impression. I mean, I, I you know, I, I watch all you guys and what you're all going through it. And I, and I have to say that, like, you know, I, I can... I, I certainly feel that that might have given you a positive uh, wind to move forward because I mean uh, I mean nearly a fifth of the vote that shows up is is a positive sign that you're not crazy and that people agree with what you have to say. Yeah, it's it is a confirmation for sure. Um, you know, and really, it's it's the voters' game, anyways, right? I, we're just we're just players in it um, as far as the candidates go. So it was it was a it was a nice confirmation. For sure. Right on. So, um, in these closing days, um, what what do you feel is the biggest thing you need to talk about for for those that haven't heard from you yet, or maybe haven't gotten that that soundbite that could pull them over and uh, and, and make them vote for you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, for me, I'm a problem solver. I'm a researcher at heart, which means that. You know, the the county council being a nonpartisan seat, it really opens us up to not having to be bound by party politics, but instead we can get everyone to the table. Um, I'm seeing the word sustainability thrown around a lot these days. And as someone whose educational background and pursuit is in sustainable science management, um, I like to say that the decisions that are made on a council level we, we have to make sure that multiple generations into the future aren't dealing with the blowback or the consequences of poorly vetted decisions. Um, and if you look at areas like Lahaina and Kihei, you know, the planning decisions that were made in those areas back in the 70s are now situations we have to bail ourselves out of. 
and it's very costly. It's there's not a simple way forward. And so with my background and the way that I like to vet possibilities, I think that I'm going to be an asset on the council to the taxpayers, because if it's not a sound decision, um, then we we will look for other solutions. And so I want to problem solve on behalf of the residents of Maui County. Right on. Um, do you feel that there hasn't that there is anything that uh, you know uh, talking a- anywhere else or being asked any questions? Because I feel like I'm kind of at a point as we're we're reaching these last days that like this is more the time of like if you have something that you feel that you haven't gotten to say enough of, now's the time to get that soundbite. You know, so like I feel is there is there anything that that you You've talked too much about to where you haven't been able to talk about something else enough that you feel could could attract voters. You know, I would I think one of the things that's not getting talked about enough on the mainstream is how much outside money is flowing into a small county election. Thank you for opening that door. Um, you know, I've, I've seen um, our, our local civil B correspondent has has covered this, um, but I feel like it's not necessarily being picked up in the mainstream. And when you think about it, it there's a dispro- disproportionate amount of wealth pouring in um, when you really think about how many people we have here in Maui County. Yeah, um, and, and how many spindle- people are, are plugged in to vote. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. and. You know, our, our primary voter turnout was pretty low, mm-hmm. uh, worryingly low for, for a candidate like me. Um, but, it, you know, I would say to voters, do your research to the best of your ability, um, because candidates who are raising, who are going to Honolulu for a thousand plate fundraisers, it raises concerns, especially with, um, you know, all of the bribery cases that have come to light. Two officials, you know, who were tied to Maui County have, you know, faced charges for bribery. And I really think that that's where it begins. People can say, I won't be beholden to my donors. But when you have so much outside influence money pouring in, you know, I've talked to other people who were in office and and used to take that money and then decided not to take it anymore. And the general sentiment is it will come calling at some point. And I think the residents of Maui County, working class people who are really feeling the weight of our economy and inflation and post-pandemic, I think we all know how much outside interest has been fueling our government in the past. So I would say, look at the wealth disparities between candidates and know that that people with some of those higher donors who have spent time fundraising a lot of out, outside interest um, maybe won't be won't be remembering who they serve when they're in office. I would love to see that picked up on a mainstream level, especially with the fact that Hawaii has an issue with government corruption. Oh, absolutely. I mean, between outside corporations carpetbaggers i mean we've reached like a whole new age of carpetbagger now that like the the age of the influencers converged in it after our our you know second to last presidential election uh mm-hmm. you know so i mean there's 
there's a lot of confusion in the process and then people get distracted by 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 you know the sensational quotes and and mm-hmm. then get lost in the weeds on the money because then I, I think you know one of the the things that I've I've noticed amongst the working class that doesn't understand just the whole donor money game, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. They, they've yet to separate like if, if a dollar's bad here or a dollar's bad there, you know? And I think that that's like it, until it like comes to light and then everybody knows, Oh, well that, that guy's not serving the public interest and he's going to succumb to that money. So, I mean the, the Faustian deal factor, I, I, I think is more of a, uh, you know, for, for the pundits and the industry itself. But I, 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 I mean, you're right. It can't be stressed enough about how much it's been invaded, whether it's PACs or singular people or these, mm-hmm. yeah, these dinner, these lunches and these dinners in Oahu confuse the hell out of me, um, you know, for all of the candidates that I've seen go over there. And then even the smaller like little brunches between just like how do you move money from one candidate to another? Oh, well you have a, you know, a lunch for this much, but they can only buy this many tickets, but then it's like you can do it how many times, you know, or how many well, elections and it's in as, a row. It's as simple as calling a fundraiser and only having a couple people show up, you know. Yeah. It it really is. I mean, there are ways to make things look super legitimate, but when you actually just scratch the surface a little bit, it's I'm sorry, my my cat wants to be fed. Apparently, um, when you scratch the surface, you it doesn't really hold up. And um, yeah, we're we're faced with that, you know. And and it's interesting to have super PACs, which are, you know, pushed by um, certain unions. Because I'm very pro union, but I'm relatively new to seeing. Um, so much dark money flood into, into a union pack and wonder, you know, what, what the purpose of that is, you know? Um, and when I see a lot of these larger donors, it, it is, you know, entities who are used to making a good deal of money here in Maui County, because we're one of the richest counties, um, in, in the so-called United States per capita. So there there are a lot of vested interests um, to to making a profit here. And it should definitely be noted that those interests and that way of doing things and government being able to be swayed by these players is why we're in this situation. So if we really want something different, we need to pull back from supporting candidates who are who are going through that business as usual process because it just speaks to the status quo. And that's, what's worrying to me is we'll get more of the same. Mm-hmm. Well, um, gee, well, uh, I mean, that that's, we, we, could, we could go down that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I'm, 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 it's, uh, I, I'm trying to approach it from the right way without anything, you know, it's, it's that way of, starting a conversation without creating blowback for two individuals trying to generate a conversation in a community. Uh, especially when we evenly come from, from, from opposite sides of the political spectrum, but I find this agreeance here, but I, I think with that, I'll pivot to my, my other conversation topic is, um, 
is is alliances in 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 politics, whether local or state. Um, you're a part of the uh, the Onipa group, um, and and I think that like you know from someone like me who has enough like political understanding and makes it a point to try to like talk to folks like you and understand candidates in our election, you know I see in a nonpartisan election alliance to be a great sign of like aldermen's in a community coming together and and unifying to make sure that the community is heard. Um, what I'm trying to get to on this is there seems to be a lot of weird, just like vague smearing that occurs when these alliances happen, because then like whether it's one person's a target from another group or that they can put a blanket like these are just crazy progressives. But then when you get to know <laughs> each member, it's like some of these people are fundamentally different. So like, how could you use such a, you know obtuse term for a group of people so diversified and capable of listening to the community that they put aside, you know, any ideological problems they had person to person and mounted an offensive for the community. Well, I think, um, one, that's such a great breakdown. Um, yeah, it's, it's important. <laughs> you know, I do see, uh, I do see those comments and those sort of wide statements about, um, you know, about our Onipa'ahui. And, you know, people will comment like poop emojis on mm -hmm. <laughs> Facebook. And it's, it's you know, it's interesting because I'm like, just come talk to us, you know, like it, it just, we're people first and foremost. Um, and if you have questions, we're, we're people who are committed to, to the truth or the middle way forward. You know, um, it's not about our agendas, really the thing that ties us all together is that we recognize that government should serve the people. That's the the baseline. We might have different disciplines and different ways forward that we see, but the most important thing is that you have a council that's going to be able to work together mm -hmm. and really listen um, to what the people want. And that's, I think, what, what ties us together. Um, you know, progressives is such a hot term anymore. Um, that it's like, I'm like, I don't necessarily identify as a progressive, but that is the label that's given to me. And really I'm, I'm someone who's committed to, to the truth as it were. And no, I get having... you as, as a Republican born kid who understood the, the textbook term of civic egalitarian as like a teenager and then try to apply that into a philosophy only to grow up and find out that that too can become a dirty word if turned right. So like, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that, that people take enough time to understand the, the candidates themselves. And then they just give in to the hyperbole. And then we end up dirtying words like progressive and wokeness, et cetera, because they just, they become a right. slander now instead of their original definition. Well, and I feel like there, there's a national rhetoric going on that is doing as much as it can to sort of push everybody to one side or the other. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's that overlap area. It's that middle of the Venn diagram that uh, informs my decisions the most, you yep. know, um, because as someone who consistently does vote Democrat, because I believe in the party's written value system. Yes. Um, now, my concern with the party is that uh, there is little accountability for people who don't uphold that value system. Do as I say, um, as and, I do. 
and and I think that that's in both parties, right? Oh, both yeah, parties absolutely. are off the rails in certain I, areas. But, see, um, where I, the only thing that you know, I it's 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 a bit black and white for me because uh, uh, you know I I've, I've seen enough of like you know. It, it, that you could have a, a Republican or a Democrat of all shapes and sizes. It's really like, what's your entry into politics, I feel. And then with, with Democrats, I feel that there's a level of accountability that because of that innate piousness in its structure, it takes more flack than it even deserves sometimes. And Republicans, well, we have this philosophy of just like, dutying the bed and going what of it you know i mean if you like historically like candidates people sitting in office anybody held accountable you know whether it's whether that person was right or wrong how they held that accountability democrats tend to tend to be sorry and mean it but pay for it heavily (laughs) whereas republicans we can play the card of oh don't tread on me i can be an asshole i want it's first amendment right to be wrong so who cares Mm -hmm. and then they just scurry past it and that's where i tend to find myself moving towards the the purple side of the spectrum because that's that's the ignorance that i can't stand in my party right right and and that you know you touched on something really key there that i i definitely feel which is that you know, when someone who is in what is considered and called the old old boys network here in Hawaii yeah. messes up, right? You could try to find a news outlet to expose it, and it's very hard to find that. However, if someone who is considered a progressive or, you know, in terms of the status quo, a bit of a troublemaker, um, as we are tended to be branded, um, you know, we have a target on our back. And any little tiny Change thing, whether comes it's with from... A 30 years ago, um, you know, could be brought up and, and, and used to smear. So it's, it is, it is such an interesting um, dynamic and it, it, I, I experience it, you know, I have to, I double or triple think about my actions and the things that I say. Yes. It is even harder to be an ethical minded or consciously minded person now because you're even like, you kind of gaslight yourself sometimes into like trying to play devil's advocate even harder. You're like, I was a good person today, right? No, 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 no. I, I did this wrong. I don't know. And then you like, you find yourself self-deprecating enough to where it just causes this mirror image of yourself to override sometimes when just the right person gets under your skin. And it, it, and it can yeah. really hurt yourself, especially when you're trying to do good work. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I feel that I, my life has gotten just much better as a person when I learned how to take accountability for my mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that I really value. It's something that is sort of the, whoever you are, if, if you, if you can't do that, you're probably not in my inner circle because I just, it's a value that I really admire. And I think that, you know, when you're dealing with something such as government that affects so many people's lives, there should be a higher standard of accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel like that's really talked about enough, mainly because it's hard to get people who don't want to take accountability to begin an accountability process. But I think that, you know, on the baseline, regardless of wherever you fall on a political spectrum, if you're able to do that in your personal life, then I trust that you're able to do it in a position where you're, you're supposed to be upholding the will of the people. 
Um, I think it's an important process. Um, but yeah, I'm often confused by people who who make poor decisions and then go, yes, well, what of it? What are you going to do about it? You know, because um, it's just not it's a different set of values than my own. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, tied to a lack of preparedness because I see this on both sides, uh, you know, especially seen in, in the results of, you know, the uh, primary um, numbers. Um, so mm -hmm. for those that like really fell behind, I, I was, you know, a, as as one, a pundit and two, a guy that spent a lot of time tracking data in a previous life so it's just a natural thing to just look at it by the numbers and mm -hmm. it was it was very interesting to see how easily that the preparedness and that and that self-regulatory the consciousness the ethics the everything that makes a good worth work ethic to work for the people was very visible by the end of those numbers and then the people who had the most sour grapes were very very much the least prepared. So, I mean, I'm glad it, it, it showed and that not a lot of people saw through the muck in the mud, but I think that because uh, Maui is such a small voter, you know, like environment mm -hmm. that even just enough like mud from a, it's an unnecessary smokescreen meme site or, heavy like handed you know writing from just one newspaper that gets you know a bad vibe or miscommunicates or just doesn't gets a chip on their shoulder against you you know and especially as a as a guy trying to help report on this knowing that there's not many different people who actually own the news we have a lot of different news but i mean where the money comes from there's not i mean it's there's only the so many places <laughs> yeah. and a lot of them come from the east coast so mm -hmm. like we we don't really have our you know our own conversation so when a lot of like the younger voters and the more working class voters have to like try to find information i mean they're gonna follow the anecdote path and just hit up YouTube or some crazy like meme rhetoric page. Um, right. Well, and you, you touched on something earlier that, that speaks to that, which is that it's very confusing right now because there is so much information that's swirling around, um, you know, and, and because some of that information is meant to be intentionally polarizing, especially on places like YouTube or where, sources are not supreme right they're not put forward um oh believe you me i understand that all too well like i tried to stay away from youtube for a long time but then i realized that like all the youth of maui was on it so I was like oh, i gotta start a youtube page and then like, right and then and then right. i talked to a flat earther and now my page is useless because i spend all of my day debunking stuff <laughs> because they won't get off of my dms <laughs> well, that yeah, that's that's the thing. And I, I do feel like there's, um, you know, within those, I, you know, sort of rogue narratives, I guess we can call them, um, you know, there is a very particular like anti-progressive slant to them. And um, and that's interesting for me because, again, it just boils down to like I'm a person. I'm pretty sure my cell phone number is on public record at this point in time. You mm -hmm. can call me up and ask me, you know, yeah. what I think about things. Um, and, and it is just a, it's an, 
it's a very interesting world we're in and politics got just a lot muddier as you as you uh well i i feel like it's 1983 all over again like we're we're just on the verge of you know, it's it's like imagine we're kids in the '80s, right on the verge of watching the Fairness Doctrine destroyed in front of our eyes, the birth of Rush Limbaugh. It's like his ghost, <laughs> like went out and karmically created six new little turds to replace him, and it just it's 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 frankly scary. But then it's like, how do we put this monster back in its cage without looking like? the heretical ones or the overzealous ones in the process. Cause like, I mean, that's got to me, that's gotta be the crazier thing is how, how they mount their narrative. And the second they can point out logic as the fringe element and everybody just switches on their heads and starts walking upside down towards, you know, anything and everything. I mean, I, we, we just got out of two and a half of the hardest years of people willing to like, go so far as drink bleach or their own urine to cure something like it's three BCE. And I, I, I don't, I don't know anymore. Like, I really feel like I accidentally stumbled into a time machine and I'm wondering where like four year old me is so I can tell him to just change everything. <laughs> well, to touch on your earlier question and also to connect that, um, I've had a similar feeling in terms of labor organizing <laughs> It's. It feels like it's the early 1900s all over again. Oh yes, is what it feels absolutely. Like. Shame the employee. Why aren't you loving your employer? I give you so much pizza and cake. Why don't you want that instead of a paycheck? Did you see that article too, where it said that uh, pizza was a more important incentive? Yeah, no, and it was um, crazy because, like, I you know I've been watching how the media is now getting into redigesting content because the Facebook algorithm changed. And so, like, mm-hmm. it really only wants, like, older vetted material. So, like, listicle sites and old avocado toast stuff is just now coming back up because it has more resonant value because of its, its you know, green legacy on the Internet. So, yeah, I mean, there was – it was really only, like, one article, and then it got re-aggregated by, like, 30 other sites – and and, right. it's, and it's funny because then like I see actual like business sites putting it up and you're like 1200 likes and everybody's in there saying some 1% level bootstrapping conversation. And if you had like the crazy hair up your butt to check on some of those people and see their profiles or dump their data, you'd find that they make less than $50,000 a year. And I don't know why they're saying that. <laughs> Yeah, well, that is that is an interesting phenomenon is to have so many people who are really, um, really vested in in protecting their handlers, so to speak. You know, we one of the things that, you know, that I've been saying when I was advocating for the minimum wage increase in the state of Hawaii is, you know, if a building or sorry, not a building, if a business isn't paying a living wage then they're undermining the strength of our community. Yes. They're not taking care of us. Absolutely. And so, you know, um, when you take a look at, you know, for instance, a place like Walmart, which here on Maui employs quite a bit of people. Yeah. Um, but how many of those people are having to seek public assistance? But when you start talking about, you know, corporations, people come out of the woodwork trying to defend them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're not even, they're the reason we're so tired. They're the reason we don't have time to spend with our kids. 
you yeah. know, and so it's always, it, it's baffling to me. And, you know, and that feeds into the whole no one wants to work anymore narrative. And I think really it comes down to no one wants to work and not make ends meet anymore, exactly. you know? Um, and that's really, you know, that speaks of that power dynamic here in Hawaii. We're just supposed to be quiet and be happy that these, you know, two major industries employ so many people. And really, it's either a gig economy or it's not a living wage. And for me, that's just not good enough. It's not good enough. And and so many places could benefit from collective bargaining or a union. And, you know, hearing of some of the places on the continent that had to go on strike because they were working 28 days in a row under the threat of losing their jobs if they didn't. And I'm like, I thought we outlawed this on a federal level already. Why are we why are we here again? Yeah, no, it's um, it, it's crazy. And then, you know, and to think at how little how little work it would take a large corporation to just move the decimal point and end the level of corporate welfare, fix smaller economies. Meanwhile, you've got small businesses like I mean, dude, I, I have to say that, like, it, it's. They they're probably like my best inspiration. I I like I use them instead of just making up a meme sometime just to at least show other people like this can exist on a small business level because you even get like I I as I left California a lot of that whole like just making micro corporations on the slaves of other people type of stuff. I mean that's huge over there. Mm -hmm. Like they're blurring the line between MLMs and real business now, and it's getting scary. But uh, you know. Uh, where I notice it's hurting the most is like you have businesses like Pukalani Superette. I mean, their Instagram, oh, oh. They, they talk about all the time. Like we pay good wages. Guess what? We just like did the math. We're not paying enough. Everybody got a pay raise, but you know what? We can't afford it because why? <laughs> Nobody else gets paid enough. So you should work for it too. Well, I actually, you know, I, um, I interviewed Megan Nakashima for a class yeah? that I was taking and I've been watching Pukalani Superette. Hey they're in my district. Yeah. Um, and I have, I just have so much respect for small business, um, small businesses that actually recognize that the health and quality of life of their employees is, is partially their responsibility. Um, mm. but you know, I, I talked to her about that because yeah, you, you can start at an entry level position for $19 an hour at Pukalani Superat right now. Um, and they care about their employees. And I've asked her before, you know, what what happened? What made inform that decision? And she said she just looked at her customer, her employees, and realized they were struggling, and that that means that the higher up might take a little less money. But sorry, my um, my little one is a little fussy. Um, she's trying. To, you know that, that she's trying to put in her two cents on the matter. <laughs> I know she doesn't like people not getting paid a living wage either. But um, you know, I I asked her, and she goes, well, you know, it means that like we take a little bit of a cut at, up top. Yeah. And we're not we're not billionaires by any means because they're not, you know, but they are they are invested here. And it and it is interesting on the county level when we try to do things like manage tourism or um turn down uh building projects that are in flood zones or or just are poorly uh not very well vetted projects, you know, um the narrative always comes back to small business. Well, this could hurt small businesses. You know, that's the reason my opponent voted against the polystyrene band uh, for styrofoam is because it could hit, hurt small businesses. And, you know, I always, I tend to say to that, it, it really comes down to priorities. 
because if an intergenerational business like Pukalani Superette, who is reliant on the global supply chain and, you know, who has rising costs due to inflation can manage to do it, Mm -hmm. then it really does come down to priorities. And, you know, I'd like to see banks stop giving loans to new businesses if they're not properly accounting for the cost of labor in their, in their proposals, you know, Um, because that's really what it comes down to. It just comes down to planning. You know, you know what it takes to get by here. So you're asking people to sacrifice their livelihood to work for, to make you money or you're taking care of them. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago, maybe 70 years ago that these large corporations who don't pay a living wage actually did take care of their employees, you know? Um, And I I would like to see that happen again. I don't think that it'll happen in the same way. Um, But that's where I do believe that government should step in and has had to step in in the past, you know, um, it was the federal government that had to, you know, set those standards of labor practices and to make sure that certain people weren't excluded from the labor force because they had something else going on. Um, and so it is Pukalani Superette, uh, High Spice, the hot sauce company sources as much local uh, produce as possible. Um, and they pay a living wage. And I know that firsthand because my Kane is employed there, you know, and it can be done. It, it really is just a matter of priorities. Same thing with the county. You know, it's a matter of priorities. We can spend our taxpayer money on making other people rich, or we can spend our taxpayer money on improving our resident quality of life. It's up, it's up to us. You know, that's what it comes down to. Right. Uh, well, um, is there, you, you got anything uh, coming up in these last few days, anywhere people can, uh, Get in time to see you face-to-face, talk story, get swayed into your program? You know, I'm in the process of setting my last two-week sign-waving schedule. Um, and so if, you know, I could, if I could just direct people to my Instagram, which is um, right. Hawker, my last name, H-O-C-K-E-R, the number four, county council. Mm-hmm. Um, more than welcome to send me a DM. I am a millennial, so I'm, I answer those things. <laughs> they don't go overlooked on my end. Um, or, you know, if if someone really has a question, I'm an open door and, and that will speak to my policy when elected, which is that you can call me up and ask me, you know, hey, what the hell? Why'd you do that? Or, you know, hey, this is something I feel like no one's listening to. So, um, uh, you know, it's 808-495-1700. You know, give, give me a call. If you're really concerned, you want to know what I'm about, I'm, I'm a person, I, you know. I'm a, I'm a mother. I'm a community member. Um, that's, that's my role first and foremost. So, um, you know, the most rewarding part about campaigning, which is grueling by the way, uh, is being able to just talk and level with people and get to know more people in my community. That's the, the major gift out of this process. Right on. Well, Jordan, mahalo for making the time to come back. Uh, no matter what Thanks happens uh, after the election, could we get you back on maybe in the new year to talk about things and help keep everybody inspired to continue engaging? Because, you know, as, as I've been talking with some of the other candidates, you know, this is 
this is just the halftime. People think that, like, I show up in November, I vote, cool, civic duty done, back to the salt mines. But uh, there's always more yeah. to do after our new candidates make it into office. So hoping we can check well, in. And and starting in January, it's legislative season, which if you're wanting to focus, wanting to continue that civic engagement on the state level, there's tons of bills that are, you know, being proposed and beginning to go through their motions. Um, one of those legislative packages I'm most uh, interested and in and hope that people will follow is one that will ban legislators from taking campaign donations when in legislative session. Mm. Um, I think that that, you know, I'm not a fan of government corruption by any means. And I think that that's a way to make sure that people aren't passing legislation for their top donors. That's I would love uh, to see something like that. I salute you for that one. Cause you, you're about to take a lot of chocolate out of the peanut butter on that one and keep things separate. That's, yeah. a, that's, Ooh, yeah, no, like it's I, I, I want to know how It's not going to be a very popular proposal. <laughs> huh? I said, it's probably not going to be a very proper popular proposal amongst some legislators, which is why we need the people to show up for that one and push for it. Damn you know? right. Let's get um, all the aunties and uncles out to shame them all. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. You know what you did. <laughs> well, and I feel like that shame goes a little farther here in Hawaii. Oh, you it know, does. We have, we... Oh, my goodness. Like, I, that's one thing that I'm glad about moving back home for is, like, what I, I really, like, had a hard time growing up with, the, especially after my, my grandfather died because I was raised by him. So it was just, like, I had that, like, strict like you know portuguese boy up country raising like i I knew where the line was in the sand i dared not cross it there was a level of respect there was and it Mm -hmm. kept me you know that's you know so it's it's in that culture but like it's so missed on the mainland that you can't really like hold people accountable and i feel that like hawaii is one of those last bastions uh you know of society where you could actually just like bro you in dookie to bed, you better fix it. So like, or yeah, Hey, yeah. that's wrong. Stop doing it. You know? Cause it, it definitely like it, it's, it's a breath of fresh air really. Absolutely. You know, and I, and I have to keep in mind, you know, my children bear my last name. So what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, what's the legacy? Um, yeah. What's, what's the legacy? Yeah. And, and I do feel like that is, is a benefit here. Um, although I'm sure that some other people who are feeling the pressure, <laughs> you know, might, might not like that, but yeah, it's, it's, there isn't an equivalent on the continent, um, to, to that people are like, oh yeah, you mean my whole family legacy is lying and stealing. We're cool. <laughs> They'll continue the family business, you know, but here it's, there's certain things like, you know, slander politics or mudslinging that just doesn't, it doesn't go very well here. And I, I appreciate that. Right on. Well, best of luck on the the home stretch here. Uh, Look forward to talking to you more after the election. And uh, yeah, just a pleasure as always talking to you, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for, um, you know, thank you for all the coverage that you do and reaching out across the uh, across the lines. I think it's an important it's important work. So thank you. Right back at you. Mahalo. And uh, we will see you next time. Aloha. Uh, We hope.